I am the bread of life, says the Lord. He who comes to me shall not hunger, and he who believes in me shall not thirst. Here in this gospel, we have the first part of the great Eucharistic discourse in which the Lord taught most clearly that he is the one who satisfies the human person as real food and drink. Better than real. This, he says this is the real food. So there's fake food. Everything else is fake. In other words, you have to eat it again. This food, you eat it, and you're done. You're totally, permanently satisfied. That's the key. The permanence. If you're, if, because with, if you're with the Lord, everything will be okay with you. And if you're not, you will never be satisfied. The bread will not satisfy you. Beginning last week, you must know, and during the next three Sundays, we are reading chapter 6 of the Gospel of St. John and hearing the Lord's own teaching on what Holy Communion is. This happens, well, it happens every year at the daily Mass that we read in succession the chapter 6 of St. John's Gospel. At the Sunday Mass, it happens once every three years. You know that there is a three-year cycle of readings A, B, and C. It happens during year B, in which we are now, that we read this Gospel during this, this time, from the seventh, 17th week of Ordinary Time. We'll count them, 17, 18, 19, 20, to the 21st week of Ordinary Time. Just a preview of coming attractions. He will say, My flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. That, friends, is the faith of the whole church from the time of Jesus Christ to our own day. That is your faith in the most blessed sacrament. That the host at Mass and the contents of the the chalice, the bread and the wine, after the consecration at Mass by the words of the priest in the person of Christ, are completely changed by the power of God into the true body and the true blood, the true and unique person of Jesus Christ who really becomes our sacrifice and our meal the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We eat the Lamb of God, the true Lamb. The, other, the animals, the sacrifices of the animals in the temple did not forgive any sins. This is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Eat Him and you will live. Be washed by Him as you were washed in baptism, as you frequently go to confession to be washed anew in the water of the baptism by the blood of the Lamb. You will be clean indeed. This is food indeed, the Lord says. It wasn't Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. It is my heavenly Father. 
My Father gives you the true bread from heaven. I encourage you to read chapter 6 of St. John's Gospel if you haven't haven't read it as a whole. Recently, it's it's very instructive. And encourage your friends, especially your non-Catholic friends who are interested in Jesus Christ, to read it so that they might know where they can eat him for real. They can eat God as you have the privilege to do. So that Holy Communion is real. It's not a symbol. It is, well, I'm embarrassed to say it, you digest God. You masticate God. You swallow God. It sounds obscene, I'm sorry. That's what happens. And, And that's why the Jews, at the end, on the, on the 21st Sunday, you're going to see they ran away. Or it's 20th. It's toward the end of the chapter. They said, how can this man, how dare he? <laughs> Flesh and blood. We, get, we have to drink his blood. And for the Jew, that was, that was anathema. The blood is sacred. You don't, you don't toy with blood. It has the life in it. And the Lord says, don't, well, the Lord, the Lord says, you have to. unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. You're dead if you don't drink His blood. This is the joining of heaven and earth, symbolized by our icon and our crucifix especially. The flesh of God and the blood of God are here. In communion you eat God. I told that to some first graders some 15 years ago. (laughs) And... And one of them laughed out loud, ha! Huh. And I thought that was a great reaction. That was one student there understood what I said. But let's get back to today's gospel. In verses 24 to 35 of the sixth chapter of St. John, which we read today, the Lord sets the foundation of the rest of his teaching on the Eucharist, which will come later in the chapter. Before you can, because before you can believe in the body and the blood, on our altars and in our tabernacles properly, you have to believe in God. You have to know Christ himself. Who he is, you have to know him. So the Lord, just before he tells the people there on the shore of the sea, in the synagogue of Capernaum, that he would give his body and his blood for our food and drink, he tells them who he is. He declares his authority to do such a thing. I am the true bread come down from heaven, the true bread of life. This is an amazing claim of power and authority which no other person has ever made. No person in the world can make that claim besides Christ. Great crowds were there waiting for another miracle. He had Christ because Christ had just miraculously fed thousands of people in the multiplication of the five loaves and the two fishes, having 12 baskets left over after everyone was satisfied. Now they come, and many other people are also interested. They come not because they have faith, but because they want to fill their bellies, the Gospel says. They liked the miracle, but they missed the point of the miracle which is that Jesus is the eternal Son of God, the Creator, 
of the world, the owner of all the grain and of all, all nourishment and of all men, that he is taking care of everything and everyone. They are more interested in pleasure than in truth, the Lord says. Amen, amen, I say to you, you seek me, not because you have seen signs, but because you have eaten of the loaves and have had your fill and have been filled. Thus the Lord recognizes the imperfect intentions and the poor faith of his followers. This happens all the time. It is very natural. And the Lord knows of what we are made. He knows that our thoughts are often selfish and that we find it difficult to get out of ourselves and to think according to the mind of God. A natural example of such self-centeredness is the existence of an infant. I have 12 brothers and sisters and 40-some nieces and nephews. There's one in the oven, as they say. Have you ever closely watched an infant? I've watched many, very intimately. All mothers and fathers surely have. An infant is interested in three things, breast, milk, diaper changing, and rest. Oh, that was four. Four things. Maybe I put the, maybe I put the breast and the milk together. But it was, so breast and milk, diaper changing, but they're, they're, those are two different realities, actually. It seems that all the child does is eat and sleep and soil himself and cry to let you know he needs something. He needs one of those things satisfied. But there's a great mystery in the life of the infant because adults are very similar to them. Many adults live a life dedicated to all sorts of worldly ambitions, but they do not go any deeper than that. I was noticing that even with the infants, the eating and the sleeping is not everything. They need to be held. They need the mother's breast. They want the father's arms, even when they are not hungry and not tired and not dirty. They respond to music. They like music, the best classical music. Don't dumb it down. Newborns like Mozart, not just baby Mozart. The whole thing, adult Mozart. I have more than once done the experiment. The child will stop crying to listen to some music to dance for an hour. He'll delay his material need in order to fill the heart with love. Here is a reality that goes deeper than the belly. Music and affection feed the heart where the milk has no effect. And yet, how often we adults are like infants who do not appreciate the music of life. Often we look only for the superficial realities and never go deeper. Jesus today calls you and me to go deeper. He tells the crowd, don't live, which is you and me, don't live for perishable things. Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for that which endures unto life everlasting which the Son of Man will give you. Look for the arms of God. Look for the breast 
of the music, the rhythm of God, the affection that only He can give you. For upon Him, upon Jesus Christ, who is He, the Father, God Himself has set His seal. Cultivate your interior life with God. The Lord is always there for you and me. He always wants us to go to Him. He will take care of our every need. Totally. When you go to the Lord, and you should go often to Him in prayer, daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, always in prayer, in frequent confession, in frequent communion, in frequent worthy communion, it must be said, in visits to the Most Blessed Sacrament. Stop in, for instance, at least once a day to visit the most, the, our Blessed Lord in the Blessed Sacrament in the Catholic Church to say hello to Christ in the tabernacle. Even if you can't stop in, stop in as you make it a point to pass in front of a Catholic church and interiorly to go in with your heart. He will give you things much greater than anything you might ask for. They ask for bread to fill their bellies and he gives them himself, the bread of eternal life. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never be hungry. He gives them permanent satisfaction. Ask the Lord for a larger heart. Ask him for his heart, for him, for himself. Ask him to make you more generous and less selfish. Ask him to make you a saint. God made you to be a saint. Nothing less. Tell him you want to do his work in your work. That it be the work of God. Ask him to give you faith to believe more in him and less in yourself. Say to him in the words of his hearers today, Lord, give us this bread always.